Joined on the line by Babak Salmani, who is a PhD candidate in the Faculty of Health Sciences at Western University in London, Ontario, and co-author of a piece that we really liked, who saw this a couple of days ago and went, let's talk to the people who wrote this. The title of the piece is Learning About the Health Risks of Vaping Can Encourage Young Vapors to Rethink Their Habit. Co-author Babak Salmani joins us now. Good morning and welcome, Babak. Good morning, Shilling. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, sir. Good to be able to take a few moments out of your weekend to talk about this terribly important subject. You say right off the top in your article that vaping rather is most prevalent in Canada among 15 to 24-year-olds and is significantly increased since e-cigarettes with nicotine were legalized in 2018. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that group. Uh, is that still, this This is obviously fresh research uh, 15 to 24-year-olds still the biggest group of vapors in the country? Yeah, un- unfortunately, they still are. When we talk about the prevalence of vaping and other forms of maladaptive behavior, like smoking, for example, it usually starts with the youngest population. Um, and in big part, when we talked about, you just mentioned nicotine, uh, the amount of nicotine that's actually in these devices is a big part as to why this younger generation who may not have the background or information that adults, let's say, over 25 would have, um, they end up taking more of these products more often and then therefore get more addicted and uh, are a higher risk for, for negative health effects. But back when we were, well, you've already talked to Phil Figueroa when you, when you uh, joined us here. Phil, you, you and Phil had a brief conversation uh, before you started talking with me. And last time we talked about this topic, vaping, Phil jumped in on our conversation because as a 30-plus-year-old human being, he was coming at it from the other end. He was a smoker. And he was mm-hmm. he was able to use vaping as a, a bridge to get off cigarettes and out of smoking altogether. It was the reverse of what you identify as gateway behavior among younger younger consumers, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, it can, it can be taken in that perception for sure. So a lot of adults, and you're talking about people who are 25 years and older who understand perhaps and uh, why there are no cigarette ads on radio or television anymore and so on and so forth. Uh, they've been educated about the dangers of, uh, of nicotine. So uh, a lot of those people, Phil's age, are vaping in order to sort of bridge out of smoking cigarettes and nicotine. So uh, there's, there's a big difference in, that, in those two demographics groups isn't there yeah yeah and then that's a common controversy when we talk about smoking cigarettes and vaping and what's better what's worse you know, yeah that's a common common point of topic and it should be obviously just in terms of its popularity and really the answer is we don't know the full effects of vaping long term we do know that um they're not going to be great in terms of comparing it to cigarettes we just don't have that information as of right now but what we do know is that the things that are in vaping devices are harmful uh, if it can help you stray away from cigarettes, maybe that's beneficial, maybe not. Right. As a researcher, I can't speak to the, the specific outcome of what that would look like. If it's, if it's helped Phil or if it's helped others, I would say stick with that. And if, if it helps you quit cigarettes, that's always the best option. But um, I would be cautious about what, what vaping would do with continued use long-term. Right, as well. As, as basically doing substituting vaping for, for cigarettes uh, it doesn't really improve the situation at all. Uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're on a campaign to reduce and eventually eliminate, then vaping makes a lot more sense. You talk about fruit-flavored aerosols, the fact that they've gone really out of their way, these vaping product manufacturers, to make their products attractive, particularly mm-hmm. to young people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, when we talk about so for example, it's always a, a good example to, to relate it to cigarettes, just because we're so familiar with it in Canada. But when you look at cigarettes, there's only so much variety in terms of the, the devices themselves. When we look at vaping, you can get different types of devices of different sizes for accessibility. The amount of flavors, like you mentioned, um, also are another attractive source for it. So if you want to have a flavor that might help you uh, stay away from cigarettes, let's say that's cotton candy or or caramel, you know, there's a variety is what makes it a little bit more dangerous compared to cigarettes as well, because um, it just reaches a larger population pool. And as a result, the amount of nicotine that's in there as well just kind of adds to that. You did a, you and your colleagues did a 45-day study on young people, undergrads, uh, I'm assuming at Western, uh, actually from six provinces, uh, who, all mm-hmm. of whom consistently vaped e-cigarettes. Tell us about how you broke things down and what happened during that 45-day study. Yep. And so what we did is we, we pulled from uh, six provinces across 23 different universities in Canada alone, um, which was a great feat for us and what we wanted to do in terms of increasing our sample pool. So we had a 45-day length of study. We had three follow-up periods. At our day seven, which is uh, seven days after our baseline measurement, is when we had our intervention. And in this intervention, it was an eight-minute informational video uh, where we had information about the negative health effects associated with vaping, mm-hmm. both from the perspective of healthcare professionals, and more importantly, in my view, the perspective and narrative of those young adults aged 18, about 25, uh, who also suffer negative health effects from vaping. So having both those sources of information provided to the participants uh, was a big part of, of our study and what we wanted to see. And we did see a decline in vaping behavior Uh, Not so much in terms of its significant difference compared to our control group. Control group just being a group that received general uh, information about lifestyle and health tips, nothing specific to how we actually wanted to illustrate our intervention. But more importantly, we saw a reduced or significantly reduced reduction in the intentions to vape. So we found that it did help those who who identified as regular vapers want to vape less. And so that, that source of information and then that direction of presentation was found to be important. And, and we hope that Government Canada and other provincial regulations put into action and, and uh, makes a difference not only in young adults, but the Canadian population overall. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, because, of course, your point being well taken here, that if, you're, if you have good information, then your chances are you're going to use it well to your own advantage. So how, how could this possibly translate as policy, Babak? Yeah, well, in big part, this informs the population, which will put some pressure on and on government agencies to, to create more action. And Government Canada is doing a better job. And I say better because they weren't doing a great job before, but they're doing at least a step up from that. And from there, you know, putting in policy to, to put more labeling on, on not only on cigarette devices, but on vaping devices similar to cigarettes, where people are, have objective and factual information about that, the potential health effects with these devices, ensuring that young adults, especially those under the age of 18, don't have access or at least don't have easy access to these types of devices. Those are things that need to be put in place to help reduce and curb um, the popularity and and hopefully stray away young adults so that when they get older, they're not addicted to these types of devices and aren't reliant on nicotine as well. Learning about the health risks of vaping can encourage young vapers to rethink their habit. It's at theconversation.com, friends, co-authored by our guest Bob Baxalmani from the University of Western Ontario in London. Uh, and it's a very worthwhile read. Babak, thanks for taking a few moments to stretch out uh, the ideas that you pose at theconversation.com. It's a very worthwhile conversation. We do appreciate 
appreciate it. Not a problem, Sterling. Have a great weekend.